right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD and anxiety and anxiety disorders and getting your life back. Um, I'm your host, Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety. Uh, thank you all for joining me today. Um, if you are new to the podcast, this is a question and answer based podcast where you can send me questions about OCD and anxiety, and I'm going to answer those questions. Well, I'll say very likely, send me a message over at fearcastpodcast.com. Go to the uh, go to that website, click on the submit a question link, and uh, send me a message. I will read it, consider it, most likely put it up on a future episode. Um, as I've been mentioning on past episodes or more recent episodes, um, I, I'm I am I am doing more of a push toward um, audio questions. Now today I don't have an audio question. I do have one in my back pocket, but uh, we're going to answer that. I'm going to answer that on a future um, episode. Um, but um, uh, so you can go over to Instagram. Uh, you, you can ask me a question over there. Send me a direct message over there. I am Fearcast Podcast at the Instagrams, um, and uh, so you can either send me a message there just to DM me something. But you can also in the DMs you can you can uh, click on the little microphone thing at the bottom and record your own voice. That is the, probably the fastest way I'm finding, and probably the easiest way for people to get their question to me is just record it there and send it to me directly uh, through Instagram. I'll ask you a couple of follow up questions that way. But um, if you ask an audio question, it will get put up on the next episode. Um, now the the only reason I'm not I, I mentioned just uh, recently that um, or just just. Like a moment ago that uh, I do have an episode or I do have a, a audio question that uh, I have in my back pocket. It's a follow-up question from the person who just asked a follow-up or just asked an audio question. And um, I, I, I somehow wanted to space it out. So I'm, I'm spacing that one out and likely the next episode will have that audio question. Uh, it's, it's kind of a follow-up. It's from the same person. It's a different question, but it's from the same person. If you're out there listening, I'll get there. I saw it. Don't think I didn't see it. I heard it. Anyways, it's coming up. Um, but uh, if you ask an audio question, question, it will be put up a heck of a lot sooner. You cut the line and go directly to the front um, for the next episode. And it's because I'm playing favorites, it's because I'm the guy with the microphone. I can kind of do whatever I want, I suppose, around here. But it's, it's really just to, just to um, hear your voice. Your voice is so much more interesting than mine. That being said, of course, I want to read your questions, and I'm going to do that um, coming up. So um, uh, before I get into that, I, again, just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you like the podcast, please write a review. Please give a, a like, a thumbs up, five stars, whatever it might be at that platform. Um, it helps other people to find it. helps other people. The more people who listen, the more people who ask questions, the more people who ask questions, uh, the longer this podcast is going to go on. So um, again, thank you, everybody who's been bold enough, who's been courageous enough to send me those questions. I know it can be uh, scary. It can be vulnerable to put up your your own stuff. Um, but, uh, but again, if you have this question, somebody else in the world has this question. And literally, I get questions from all over the world of people saying, hey, this was really helpful. This episode or this thing was really helpful. So, And that's because of your questions. So if you have a question, somebody else does. And uh, your question will help them out too. So um, I hope everybody is doing well. Um, uh, we just had Thanksgiving here in the States, and uh, Thanksgiving uh, went well for me, I guess, um, except for the fact that I threw my back out trying to, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, it's been a weird time. Like we've had this cough, the whole family has this cough we just can't get rid of, you probably hear me cough here, but um, I threw my back out, and then the day after Thanksgiving, I couldn't, I could barely walk. 
it was so bad. And then the cough like exacerbated it because when you like my tailbone specifically, when you cough, it puts pressure on your tailbone. It was excruciating pain. So, but you know what? I'm on the mend. I spent some time uh, relaxing, taking hot baths, doing yoga, drinking wine. I'm getting back to normal. I'm not going to say I'm back, but um, I need to do that thing. And maybe you guys have, have done this too, where in the acute phase of pain and struggle, you go, I need to get my stuff together. So you do. And you do all the things that are helpful for you, the things that you know you knew in the back of your mind were the things that you, quote, should have been doing all along. So you start doing those. And you know what? Gosh darn it. You start feeling better. Crazy, right? So you start feeling better. And then you stop doing things that were helpful. I know because I've been me a long time. Here's how this whole yoga thing's going to go. I'm going to hit it real hard. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be diligent about it for like a week until my back feels like better, and I'm going to feel strong, and I'm going to feel good. I'm going to start moving and doing stupid things and lifting with my back, and then it, and I'm stop doing yoga. And then in about three to six months, I'm going to throw my back out again, and I'm going to go, oh, man, why did this happen? And, f- and past me is going to look to future me and say, it's because you stopped doing the things that were helpful, dummy. Um, I might use other words, I don't know, to future self. But either way, sometimes I, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to equate this to anxiety. In the, in the midst of an acute phase of anxiety, we sometimes revert back to doing the things that we know we're, quote, supposed to do, right? We go back to doing the things that are helpful. We might start doing exposures. We might start challenging our thoughts. We might start um, practicing other helpful habits, um, cutting down on alcohol, cutting down on smoking, uh, increasing our, our uh, you know, healthy food, increasing sleep, all the stuff that's helpful um, until we start feeling better. And then we go right back to not doing those things. It's a problem. What it's all about is what I'm trying to get at here is consistency. When we're consistent, when we're doing the things and finding a way to get those healthy habits in our life on a more consistent, sustainable basis, we can avert some of those spikes, some of those you know, downfalls, some of the trip ups, right? So, you know, one of the things that I need to try to do for my back is, you know, what can I do on a regular basis? And it's, it's been tough because we're, you know, still in the middle of a move and doing weird stuff um, to be regular about this, but I'm, I'm trying. And I wonder for you then, what are the things that you need to be doing in your life that are going to help you to remain consistent and stable? And on top of yourself and some of the maybe exposures you know you're going to have. We're coming into Christmas. We're coming into New Year's. We're coming into Hanukkah. These these can be spikes for a lot of people. We're going to be around family. We're going to be around other people, right? There's going to be a lot of, quote, expectations for us. It's going to be a lot of going to parties. It's going to be, because, you know, COVID is, you know, it's coming back, but it's not what it was in 2020, right? Um, there are going to be things that we're going to do, and it's going to create a lot of anxiety, So think about the things that you can do to stay stable and consistent. Is it doing small exposures? Is it going to be reading your scripts, picking out and writing a new script every day? Is it going to be intentionally making eye contact with people? Is it going to be shaking hands? Is it going to be holding back on using uh, Purell? Think about the things that you know that you're going to get tripped up on and what you can do to help yourself and help future you from that significant spike, that huge spike, to maybe just that little minor spike, right? 
So I'll throw that out there. I'll leave it there for now. Uh, but let's jump into some questions. So this first question comes from Jessica. So Jessica asks, Jessica starts with, hey there, she says. So I, I have OCD diagnosed last June, and I, I struggle with an obsession about loose skin under my chin and uh, chin slash neck. I'm 31, and and I like or 31, and I like what I see in the mirror on a day to day basis. What gets me stuck is that in certain angles, the skin I have from losing weight looks way worse than what I see. Day to, or what I see on a day to day. So the OCD quote hook is that I feel like I don't actually know what I look like, don't actually know if I'm still beautiful, don't know if my ex broke up with me because of my looks, and the list goes on. Um, she goes on to say, um, as a whole, I managed or I manage OCD pretty well and resist compulsions more often than not. This particular theme has me stuck. I can't find any resources on dealing with body image specific OCD because all you find are resources on BDD, which I don't think I have. It feels more like uncertainty of which mirror angle is accurate as opposed to body dysmorphia. I'm not sure how to treat this most effectively. How do I navigate seeing myself in different angles and not knowing what I actually look like to people? Help! All right, Jessica, I, I thank you so much for sending this in. I, I love this question because it's it's definitely kind of straddling that line. And it's kind of this... this um, you know, this this in-between place between what we would think of as traditional OCD and traditional body dysmorphic disorder. So um, for those of you who are new to BDD who are, or who have never heard of body dysmorphic disorder or body dysmorphia, um, I, I did a great episode I, uh, with uh, Chris Tronsden a while back. You can Google that. Uh, he has a whole bunch of other resources as well on BDD, um, but you can listen a little bit more about that. What BDD is, it's, it is an anxiety disorder and it focuses on somebody's somebody's looks, their appearance, and there's this, there is a, 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 a kind of distorted, a significantly, severely distorted view of how somebody looks. And often, and not oftentimes, um, there is this belief that whatever it is that they are focusing on is grotesque, is terrible, is bad, right? Um, they look like a gargoyle. I don't know what it might be for them, but it's it's um, that that part of their body or their general appearance is, is bad. Um, Jessica, you're, you're not really saying that, that it's a that. I, I think, um, you know, I, it sounds like, as, as you've said, you're, you're kind of focused more on, gosh, what do I look like to other people? And and then all these other questions about, you know, do I look beautiful? Do, why did my ex break up with me? Um, you know, I don't actually know what I look like based on seeing yourself in different mirrors, right? So the, the first thing that I would ask you know, I, I wonder what the core fear is in this. I think that's that's a good question to look at for all this, right? Like what? Because we, you know, I could come up with exposures and we could talk about that. But you know, what what is it that's what is it that's fueling this fear? I also wonder what the compulsions are, right? It sounds like some of the compulsions here are going to be ruminating about ruminating about what you look like, scouring your mind for you know why he broke up with you. I imagine there's a lot of and these are mental compulsions. I imagine there's a lot of like um, you know maybe scenario twisting. Gosh, if I if I had looked like this or looked like that or if he had seen me this way, um, you know, would we still be together? 
right? Or kind of, uh, you know, time traveling back to different points in the relationship to see what would be different or, you know, mentally evaluating, you know, he had this look here or, you know, he said this or didn't say this or said that in this way. And I wonder what that means, right? There can be a lot of mental review about different events to try to figure out and get to an answer. So, you know, I wonder what all that's trying to to get at. I mean, as, as wild guesses it can be, you know, it, it, one of the things you said is, am I still beautiful? But, you know, some of the, it is, like, I wonder if it is, you know, I, I don't know who I am. I don't know if, if I, it, I don't know if I'm me. I don't know if I, you know, what, as you said, I don't know what I look like to other people. And maybe it's this uncertainty about, you know, not knowing how other people are going to treat you and this inconsistency. I'm throwing out wild guesses here. This is useless for me to do this. But Jessica, I'd encourage you, first off, if you aren't working with a therapist, to talk with your therapist or find a therapist to talk to them about. If you have a therapist, talk to them um, about some of this stuff and to try to get down to that. But... But but one of the things that was coming up as I was reading this was it, I was actually having a flashback to a class that I took in, in undergrad many, many years ago. So it, I'm, I'm going to share a brief story and then I'm going to try to bring it around to make it make sense. And it's all ultimately. It's ultimately I'm going to get here is is acceptance of the unknown and acceptance of the the accumulation of things. This will make sense, I, I swear. So the, the class that I was taking was, um, was uh, in the, I, I, did, I went to U University of California at Davis, so it, this was not like a, a religious school, but I, I took um, Introduction to Religious Studies, and uh, specifically for New Testament. So for, for part of that, it was looking at the four Gospels, the four different stories that tell, that tell the story of Jesus, specifically of his life. Um, and kind of the point that the professor was making was that in each of the Gospels, in each of the, each of the stories, they present a slightly different version of Jesus and kind of, you know, some, some of the things that he says between different books are slightly different or the different emphases he has is slightly different and what he focuses on and, and how he acts and the way his, his, um, his interaction with people are described is, is ever so slightly different. Now they fit within the theme of each of those books because they're kind of focused on different things. Um, now this is a whole different, this is a whole uh, rabbit hole of, um, uh, of, of, of scholarly interest if somebody's interested in it. And I don't think anybody here really is. But um, point is, um, the, the question he rose is, well, which one is it? Which one, does it? which one is the Jesus, right? So what, what he then equated this to are pictures of Abraham Lincoln. He said, if you look at individual paintings of Abraham Lincoln, they all look different. They're ever so slightly different because they're ever so slight, you know, angles. They're different painters. They're different lights. They're different times. Uh, they're different times that they took these, that they took the, or made these paintings, right? Now, when you look at each of them individually, they look slightly different. But when you take a step back and you look at all of them together, you get a cumulative view of what Abraham Lincoln looked like. And you can do that similarly with the Jesus of the Gospels. I suppose it could have just left out the whole Jesus thing and just gone to Abraham Lincoln. Whatever. Here we are. <coughs> There's that cough I talked about. Um, so, he, he was saying with, with the pictures of Abraham Lincoln, you step back and this is what he looks like in the cumulative, not the individual. I think the same thing can happen here, whereas you're looking at each individual moment and saying, is this what people look like? And in that moment, you're going to look at yourself at a different angle, different time of day. 
after having doing something, before doing something else. Um, different mirrors, different lights, different angles of the light, all sorts of different factors are going to be playing into this. And we look slightly different. We do look slightly different. But you're saying, gosh, what, what do I look like? The answer is yes. You look like all of these because that is you. But when your, when your anxiety kicks in and goes, well, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I actually look like. It's this is what I look like today. This is the version of me for right now. But I wonder what that means for you. I wonder what's scary about that. I wonder what comes up for you when you think, oh no, this is what I look like. It means that it's bad. It means that it looks like this. It means that I'm not that. What I want you to do is to catch yourself with that and to address those as associated thoughts. These are connections that your brain has given you over time that you've reinforced through ruminating about it. But in this moment, as a matter of fact, acknowledgement of this is what I look like right now. Now, what it means is maybe something else. It's when you, that's when you start getting pulled into fantasy. That's when you're trying to get into this interpretation. But in this moment, when you look at yourself and see yourself, you'll say, that's what I look like today. We'll see what I look like tomorrow. And maybe sitting with that anxiety of, of, of what the story is your brain's giving you, but shifting back over to, here's what I look like today, and I'm going to go live that life of this for right now. And furthermore, I, I, I would love to, if you were in my office, I'd want to talk more about this idea of, I don't actually know if I'm still beautiful. I, I, I don't know if you were getting messages about that, if that's just the interpretation, if that's just your, your inner critic jumping out. Um, but I, I, would, I, I think there are some exposures you can certainly do with that and to kind of experiment to see you know, where, what, what either cognitive distortions are contributing to this belief that perhaps you're not still beautiful or if there are, if, what are these, where are these messages you're getting that are saying that you're not beautiful? Um, there's a, there's something called um, oh my gosh I'm gonna I'm blanking on the name of it um, olfactory reference syndrome it's it's um, it, it's it's this it's this uh, it's this thing where someone just believes that they're stinky they just have this belief that they are just smelly in some sort of way and what they do is they they look at the cues from other people and from other people they they kind of get sucked into this belief that oh man this person made this face it's because of me. Right, it's this personalization distortion. I wonder if that's what's happening here with you. Is that, you know, is there a, is there a narrative that's going on that you're not beautiful, and you're 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 using other people's cues, where they might just be making a face, or they might be looking away, or they might be acting a certain way for no stinking reason, but you are interpreting and internalizing that as I'm not. Or is that a narrative that you're telling yourself? And again, I'm, I'm wildly speculating here, but um, these are some things to, to perhaps look at and to perhaps uh, catch yourself in, in doing. Um, and, and, and part of those exposures is to say, you know, did you, did you, perhaps you can change what you wear. If there's that thought that, you know, you look like X, go out and see what you see. Hear other people's interpretation. Did other people treat you differently? Tell you anything differently? But or not? Not mm, mm, no. Ignore those. Did anybody confirm that you weren't beautiful, like explicitly, or did they say nothing? Because saying nothing is not the same as saying you are not beautiful. It's saying nothing, and most of the time that's kind of what we do with other people. 
anyways, I'm, I'm sidetracking myself. So lastly, Jessica, I'll, I'll, I will, if I could give you an assignment, I would give you an assignment to start scripting. And this would be scripting that perhaps every day you look different. And not just a little bit different, drastically different. And then maybe it has this dramatic effect. And tolerating that, that possibility that you, your looks are changing, your, the, your presentation is changing, and then therefore other people are treating you differently. And, and, this is, and, and this is ultimately to sit with this possibility that, you, that your looks are drastically changing and you don't know what you look like because you, you are changing all the time. Um, and you don't know what other people, how other people are interpreting you. Um, you know, what, one of the one of the movies you can watch, and I'm sure I've cited this a hundred times before, is uh, Being John Malkovich. It's a movie about um, people stepping into the body of John Malkovich, the actor, um, and he then literally becomes a different person. But he looks like him, but he's acting in a different way. Um, that may be a movie worth watching, and that, that, I wonder if that would trigger some anxiety for you to then sit with. But what I what what I think a lot of what I've been mentioning here is just gravitating more towards acceptance. That when your brain says, maybe I look differently, and then what does that mean? It's to say, you know what, for right now, for me today, in this moment, this is what I look like. And reinforcing for yourself that you think you look great, if that's what you think. And I hope it is. And I'm willing to bet other people have confirmed that for you, and your brain has casually pushed those to the side. So, Jessica, I hope some of this was helpful. Thank you so much for this question. And if you have any follow-up or any other uh, questions to that, please uh, send them in. We'd, I think we'd all love to hear them. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for staying through this episode, sticking through it. Um, we'll get back to another episode uh, next week, hopefully, unless something crazy happens. But um, again, if ever if you have a question for the podcast, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. You can send me a message over there. Again, you can find me over at Instagram and, uh, and send me a message there. So um, thank you all so much for joining me for this. Um, please remember that the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little help in your recovery, go over to fearcastpodcast.com you can send me a message uh, or excuse me I've got my spiels backwards uh, you, you go to fearcastpodcast.com and you can click on the find help link um, and uh, uh, you can um, there'll be a little bit of resources for you there um, lastly everybody uh, until next time take a risk challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously bye bye